thought I wasn't coming back, didn't you? Well, I'm back, and this is the Teeth Time Podcast, episode 14, folks. Welcome in to this newest episode here. I've been completely slacking when it comes to the podcast. To be honest, life is busy these days in my D2 year. It's all I can do to continue on with the YouTube content, which I hold to be very important. So hopefully you've been enjoying that. But today, the Teeth Time podcast is returning and I'm bringing on another special guest. This time I'm sitting down with yet again a fellow YouTuber in Jasmine Ahrar and she is quite the guest today on the podcast. So I think each and every one of you are going to truly enjoy our conversation. Jasmine is a D3 at ASDO, which you might find kind of familiar because I've talked with one of her classmates, Teham Saud, on the podcast before. And Jasmine brings yet another unique perspective on life before dental school and then also in dental school. And we even get into her future a little bit in dentistry. So I think that you will enjoy and learn a lot from this conversation. I'm sorry for the delay in the Teeth Time podcast as of late. But I hope this wonderful episode and conversation with Jasmine makes up for it, and I hope that you truly enjoy it. Make sure that you all go out and find Jasmine's YouTube channel as well as her Instagram and give her a follow because I promise you won't want to miss her future in dentistry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. It's Teeth Time. Jasmine, welcome to the Teeth Time podcast. How are you doing today? I'm great, Stephen. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for being here. Um, we had a little bit of, of time issues on my end. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, Arizona has two time zones, and that makes t- absolutely no sense to me. So <laughs> I already struggle. <laughs> I already I already struggle with the time zone thing. So that didn't that didn't help at all. But uh, yeah, thank you so much for being here. You're someone who I have obviously known about just through this YouTube dentistry world for a long time and someone who I've been wanting to talk to for for a long time now. It, it wasn't until until Jack Han's recent video that featured both of us that kind of reminded me, oh, I've been meaning to reach out and, and get try to get Jasmine onto the podcast. So thank you for being here. Yeah, of course. No, I'm so happy you invited me on and honored t- to be completely honest. <laughs> Absolutely. It's it's fun. It's a it's a fun way to just kind of open up the conversation between dental students and dentists and, and all sorts of stuff. And I look forward to seeing where it goes. So how about we just start off with uh, kind of just a brief introduction of, of who you are? Of course. Yeah. I'm Jasmine. I'm a third year at Arizona School of Dentistry and Oral Health. I know it's a mouthful, so we say ASDO. And I love being a dental student. Um, I've really enjoyed it so far, all the ups and downs. And along the way, I've been doing YouTube, which has been a really great experience. And I can't wait to see where it goes from here. Absolutely. So let's talk I, let's just go back a little bit and kind of talk first about your your undergrad experience, because um, I, I know I have a lot of viewers and listeners that that are in that time. They're in that undergrad pre-dental time. So tell me a little bit, nothing super specific. I guess you can kind of go any direction you want with this, but just tell me a little bit about your pre-dental experiences, kind of what you did, the things that, that you think allowed you to be successful. Yeah. Um, so my story is a little bit different. I actually, I've listened to all your podcasts, so, um, and I really yeah. enjoyed them. <laughs> yeah. Thank um, you. Of course. Um, so my story is a little bit different than I think, uh, a, a lot of the stories that have been heard, um, by your listeners. And so I actually started college wanting to do international studies. So that was my major when I first started 
And you know how undergrad is. Things change. You know, life is what happens when you're busy making plans. So That's a great quote. Yeah. I changed my major after the first year to business because I had decided that working in um, in government wasn't going to work for me. And then I hated business classes. <laughs> they were awful, I thought. And um, so here's where things really take a turn is I met my now boyfriend of seven years and he has three dentists in his family. Wow. So I got completely exposed. I went to their clinics and started shadowing, looking around and I was like, okay, this is it. <laughs> so from there, I changed my major again. I packed all of those prereqs into two years and applied the first time, did not get in, and then applied again, and here I am. Well, that's that's amazing. And just in your description of that, I, I have like 15 questions that popped up. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I think that's awesome because it feels to me just based off a lot of the conversations that I have with my viewers that it seems nowadays that, that people are getting in, interested in dentistry earlier and earlier. And I, as you probably have heard me tell my story, I, I always kind of knew that I wanted to be a dentist, but I didn't get serious about it until kind of halfway through college. But there are kids that are out there now that are in high school and just like they at least think now that they know that that's what they want to do. So it's interesting to hear someone from a different perspective who started off doing something completely different and gravitated towards dentistry just through a life experience. And that's what that's kind of the message that I always try to get out is like take everything in in college because this is a time where you don't necessarily have to have your mind made up. You can go out and experience the world a little bit and understand a little bit more about yourself and find kind of find yourself in your future. And so I like that you you kept your eyes open and, and you saw something and then went after it. So I also think it's really impressive that you took all of your prereqs in two years because it took me four and a half. So <laughs> that is uh that's amazing. So I, I do I, I do also want to hear a little bit about the experience of of not getting in the first time because I've had I have plenty of classmates that were two and three times applying. So kind of tell me a little bit about what that experience was like and, and what you, how you got through that, that first year of, of not getting in. Absolutely. So um, first things first, don't let it get you down because there's so many of us in dental school that did not get in our first time applying. Um, but I really feel like I wasn't ready the first time. Um, and it makes sense because I had packed everything into two years. I was scrambling to get that application in. And, um, at that point in my life, I really was scrambled. I was all over the place, you know, trying to finish up prereqs, trying to get this application together, writing my, um, personal statement and getting letters. And, um, I didn't, I wasn't able to apply early, which is really important. Um, so I do feel like when I didn't get in, I wasn't too hard on myself. Like it did suck, but, um, I knew I was going to give it another shot. And the second time around, I knew everything was going to go a lot smoother. Um, so that really helped. And, um, just sticking with it. And I, and I knew that other students too had gone through the same thing. So. Absolutely. Was, yeah. It, it really is common. And mm -hmm. I feel very lucky that honestly still kind of to this day, more and more shocked that I, it only took me one try, especially hearing about awesome. students out there now and what they're getting in with. It's, uh, it's impressive. And I don't say that to scare anybody off. Mm -hmm. I just feel lucky myself. Um, but yeah, it's, 
it's um and, and my younger brother's going through this right now with vet school he wants to be a veterinarian and mm-hmm. and wasn't accepted on his first try and has had the past year to kind of regroup and and just figure it out and he's grown a lot i think in that past year so yeah i always tell him like when you get to the end of your career uh you're not gonna regret not working for one extra year um not at i think all. money people would argue differently when it comes to compounding interest and all that but that's a different discussion so uh so let's transition yeah we don't talk about that because yeah, we, <laughs> we don't have money these days but let's uh let's transition into dental school so i guess too with your unique experience in undergrad transitioning may have may have into dental school may have also been a little bit different for you did you struggle at all in the beginning with the pace of of dental school or were you kind of ready for it i've feel like, well, I had a couple years off, so I was ready to hit the ground running. And um, I really, so that's the other thing I learned about myself when I changed my major uh, and started taking those science classes is I learned that I really love these topics that we learned about. And I enjoy like that challenging nature. I enjoy becoming an expert on these subjects. Um, So I really took the challenge head on. I was ready to dive in, devote all my time. And I had moved to a new state where I didn't know anybody. So it was easy to make school my priority. And it was tough. I mean, there were times that, you know, you get little sleep and you're trying so hard to get all these um, subjects memorized. But I think it it really worked out that uh, I was able to to, you know, I don't, I don't like using the word sacrifice because uh, I think what we're doing is so awesome, but it, I was ready to spend. Yeah. Well, and so and I, I don't think that sacrifice is a particularly bad word here mm-hmm. because it does feel at times like going to dental school or med school or whatever you're doing, you're kind of like sacrificing your 20s a little bit in a sense yeah, you're, because you're looking out the window right. and <laughs> thinking you get, about there's a lot them. of there's a lot of FOMO that occurs in these couple of years but I think it it will all be worth it and I for one am, am not one of those people who believes that your 20s are your only good time of your life I think that's an outrageous thing to think and right. sure we get older and things but uh the next the next 10 20 years I think will be wonderful and and life is what you make it so so you didn't uh, you're not from Arizona what what was that transition like as well and and why did you pick uh, ASDO Yeah that was a huge transition cuz I'm from Oregon so okay. I went to Portland state in Oregon um lived there most of my life and um I was accepted to three schools so I was accepted to Stony Brook in New York Tufts sorry four schools Tufts um USC and ASDO. And I really felt like it was going to be the hardest to move to the East Coast. So I ruled those two schools out. So it was down to USC and ASDO. And the price is about the same tuition wise. Um, but you can live a lot more comfortably in Arizona for the same amount of money that you would not live as comfortably in LA. Um, so that kind of, uh, help me decide. And then also ASDO is just such a great program, very clinically strong. We have great rotation programs. Um, the fourth year, I know, you know, all about that. Cause you spoke to Tehom. I was going to, I was going to drop him soon. It was coming up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was a huge change. Arizona's hot. 
and it's dry. And yeah. I remember calling my mom and telling her, I can feel the micro cracks on my skin because oh, the water is just leaving my body. <laughs> and um, Portland from all accounts is like the opposite. It's rainy, isn't it? Yeah, all year long. And yeah. uh, But you know what? I've really enjoyed living here. There's something to be said about, you know, getting out of clinic early and it being warm enough and sunny enough to go lay in the, by the pool for two hours. So I've really enjoyed it. I think it's the perfect place to go to dental school. Awesome. And I will ask about future plans and stuff in a bit. And so we can talk about that. Um, but just so I actually have been thinking a lot lately just about the the whole process of the first two years of dental school and and lab courses and how all that goes down and released a video today talking about it. So what were kind of some of your takeaways from your first two years uh, in your in your lab courses, mixing that with your didactic stuff? How did you get through that? Yeah, so first year is really heavy didactic. Um, so you just got to know walking in that your first year is head down studying every day. Um, so that's D1 flew by because of that, I think. Um, but everyone's going through the same thing. Um, so that really helped. You really need to get a support system. I have a really great support system. And, uh, and by that, I mean a few classmates that like we always talk about upcoming assignments, how we're studying, how we're tackling things, or if we need to get together to study, we do that. Um, D2 we're incorporating a lot more of the sim clinic, uh, which has its own challenges and we're still um, getting into more material. I think D2, we started getting into more of the um, uh, topics that we can apply to clinical dentistry. Um, so that's a whole nother beast than, um, than learning about the digestive system and uh, memorizing the nerve pathways. This is like oral pathology and um, designing um, removable partial dentures and things like that. So D2 is a pretty big change, I think, in that way. Um, but by the time you get there, I think you're so hungry for um, clinical applications and doing actual hands-on dentistry that it's really exciting. Um, so that was definitely something that motivated me to like stay on top of my coursework and stay working really hard and stay focused. That's been essentially my exact experience with it. This this year has been much more applied kind of sciences specifically to dentistry. We still have plenty that's like, it's funny, my classmates and I joke, a lot of what we learn is is like learning about something so that if we ever see it, we can refer a patient to a physician. <laughs> and it's like exactly. uh, basically everything other than the mouth. And uh, I think when people don't know a ton about dental school and the process of becoming a dentist, they immediately assume that like, oh, you learn about the teeth and that's it. Well, no, we learn about everything. Unfortunately, yeah. we don't apply everything to our day to day. And we kind of have this yeah. period of time where we have to learn all of this stuff, get through our exams. And then it's kind of just uh, pushed aside a little bit. But yeah, absolutely. And the 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 clinical, I, I say clinical, like the, the lab side of thing, things picks up twofold at least. Mm -hmm. And it's awesome because we're really getting into the thick of things now with dentistry. My class just started endo like two weeks ago now. And mm -hmm. so we're, we're going through that process and, um, that's been fun for me. I've been liking it, which is good. I hoped I would. So, Oh, you liked it. <laughs> I, I do. I do. And part of my reason for liking it is that my dad is, my dad's a dentist. He's a general dentist, but he loves doing endo. He's like that's a huge, right. huge 
I, I call him a, a general, I call him an ended, what do I call him? I call him a general dentist. No, I don't. Forget, forget about <laughs> I that. Actually I actually heard you and Tam talking about this. And I remember Tam saying that he really liked Endo. And I was like, yeah, I yeah. didn't have the same experience. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's, it is, it's mixed like that, but my dad loves Endo. And so for mm-hmm. years he's been sending me radiographs and talking to me about all this stuff. And I understood the gist of like, how you're doing root canals, right? Like I get it, mm-hmm. but I didn't understand it until we started taking it here. And my experience with Endo in school has been the last two weeks are we're learn you essentially learn the entire process and then it's right. just like learning how to do it over which sounds kind of weird but in a lot of other classes it's you learn about this process over a whole semester like making dentures for example that process of learning is like you know there's 50 lab appointments and all sorts of st- or appointments in lab time it, it's all this stuff and whereas endo is like okay here's what it is here's what we do mm-hmm. the rest of it is just learn how to do it and my experience yeah. has been good so far i'm sure that that uh, might be jinxed and, I, and it might get tough here because we're only doing incisors and canines at first. So, um, but yeah, tell me, tell me about clinic. I think right when I had talked to Deham was when you guys had transitioned into the clinic. Tell me about that experience and what that's been like and, and what you've learned there. Yeah, it's been really exciting at first. You know, we all felt like we were just chickens running around with our heads cut off because, I mean, it's like you walk into the clinic floor and you forget everything you learned because yeah. you have a, a faculty looking at you going, what is this? You know, and you're like, I knew it at one time. You don't want to look stupid. You don't want to say the wrong thing. Um, so it's I think this has probably been the biggest transition for me because um, how it works in our clinic, at least, is um you're divided into uh, CCUs is what we call them. So it's like we have 76 students divided into four groups um, under two directors who are the main faculty on the floor all the time, um, following your appointments with you, check uh, checking off each step. And um, number one, you have to learn how this clinic works because a lot of people have past dental experience, but how we do things in the clinic is totally different in terms of um, even like down to the materials and the steps. And um, then there's the Axiom, which if you've seen Dentrix, Axiom is different than Dentrix. That's we have Axiom. The yeah. Okay, cool. So do we. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, we can have a whole nother hour complaining about Axiom. Um, but, and then you're also learning, you know, dental procedures that you learned in SimLab that are completely a different experience when you have a patient mouth, not your mannequin head. Um, so for me, the, the, I think the most difficult part was having a patient list already So you already have like 12 patients and some of them you're with them from the the first comprehensive exam and some of them have been passed down to you from an older student. So kind of like figuring out what's going on with each patient, what the next step is, remembering what you're going to do next time and uh, remembering all the behind the scenes work that has to go into each patient. That was really intimidating for me. I feel like now three months in, I'm feeling a bit more comfortable, but still I keep running into things that I'm like, whoa, I've never done that before. Right. Yeah. What was your first procedure that you had to do? Like when you got into the clinic? 
I think they had us all doing comprehensive exams for the most part in the beginning, uh, which is supposed to take one appointment. <laughs> and <laughs> I think we're, we're all so slow, it takes two appointments. Yeah. Um, and then they have us doing um, scaling and root planing, and then kind of more simple fillings, even class twos, class ones, class fives. Cool. So yeah. those are the, the things I'm, I've done. And now I'm getting into some denture patients. I have a patient that is going to be um, partial dentures, but also implant supported. So I nice. need a treatment plan, the implant, get the surgical guide, do all the steps for that, design the denture. And meanwhile, do all the restorative work that needs to be done. So I'm really excited. Are you going to actually place the implants yourself? No. Okay. No. <laughs> so yeah, you'll the send that off to oral oral surgery or perio? Perio is going to do that, but I'll okay. probably be there for it. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. awesome. That's yeah. incredible. I hope that I get that experience or something like that because that's something I'm very interested in myself. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, this stuff is really exciting. And I think in the first year, it was for me so distant in the future that I didn't think about it a whole lot. But now it's like a few months away for me. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so it, the prospect is really exciting to me. I know a lot of my classmates are scared uh, and I am too, to a certain degree, because it is like a huge jump. Um, what we do in the lab has a level of, I say risk or pressure just because of the fact that everything is so graded. But there it's like, okay, we're actually working on, these are people's lives, they're people's yeah. bodies and you have to, you have to manage that. So I'm interested and I'm excited, but uh, I love to hear about it. And I haven't even really talked to like very many D3s at our school because everything is so closed down right now. So we, I don't see them very yeah. often. So it's good to hear about all mm -hmm. these stories from you. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the future. And this, this question tends to, you know, can freak people out at times, but, uh, just out of curiosity, do you have kind of an idea where, where you want to go after dental school and, and what that looks like for you? Or are you still forming that? Still forming, but I do have a few ideas. So, um, like I said earlier, my boyfriend's cousin is a dentist in Portland and he has uh, multiple clinics. So I've been told there's a place there for me, which would be really exciting. I think it's really important that when you first get out of dental school that you work in a group practice and it would be really, really cool to have his leadership and, and guidance because he's uh, been so successful. Um, and he does a lot of procedures. He does implants, root canals. And I really feel like that would be a really great place to start. He also has another cousin out here in Arizona who's a dentist. Um, so there is the option to stay here. Um, but uh, my boyfriend, Rody, um, works and lives in Portland. He loves his job. So I think it's probably going to be looking like going back to Portland. Cool. But I do also consider pediatric dentistry as an option to specialize. So there's that too. But I mean, we're so busy in dental school. It's, it's hard to say right now. If, right. If That'll yeah. actually happen. And that's interesting to me too, because I, I'm one that's uh, set on general dentistry, but I, I do love to hear from people that are interested in specializing and just kind of pick brains on what that process is like and how you, one, how you gravitate toward a, a specialty and then two, how you actually decide like, okay, this is what I want to do. Yeah. So uh, maybe you, you have a little bit on that. And if not, we'll get back with you in the future on that. Uh, but I'm interested to see what you pick there. Yeah, absolutely. Have you had the opportunity to work on any kids yet or is that has that not happened yet? 
Yes. So um, in my school, we have internal rotations. So um, each student takes time outside of the main clinic to rotate through our specialty departments. And those are oral surgery, perio, um, prosthodontics, uh, pedo, and endo. So those yeah. are our internal uh, internal rotations that are based on a specialty. There's more internal rotations. Um, so I have rotated through pedo. I didn't do any restorations. I did cleanings and exams, um, but I have a lot of friends who've rotated through and done procedures. So I'm excited to rotate back through and hopefully get some more experience. That's awesome. And that does bring up another point of when you, when you are a pre-dental student and you're looking at all the different schools, like trying to figure out who has what specialties because Tennessee is the same way where we have everything. We, we even now have a uh, AGD program that's new here. So all the programs are here and it's, uh, I would assume nice to be able to go into the different clinics. Once again, I haven't done any of that yet, but to go into the different clinics and to get that next level experience from people who, who specialize in it. And, and, and I like to, a lot of our D2 courses have had residents from like pros residents or endo residents that are, that come in and help us out. And they tend to be mm. a lot closer in age to us and a little bit yeah. more relatable. And they can tell us their stories about dental school and how they picked special specialties. And so those have been really good um, moments to kind of pick That's the brains really of people. Interesting. So the specialty rotations I was talking about, they're not specialty programs. Okay. Um, so there's no residence in those programs. We do have an ortho residency program and an AEGD, but those okay. are like across the parking lot. So these internal rotations, um, under the specialties, they're for us, which That's is awesome. really great. Yeah. So it's, um, it, there'll be the, the faculty and then us D3s and D4s rotating through and like, so D3s and D4s are doing extractions and root canals. Um, and I don't think we place implants, but okay. Are, <laughs> are the professors in those rotations specialists or are they general dentists? Yes, they okay. are specialists. That's yeah. actually, that's really cool. And it's because it's really cool. Yeah. Because the issue for us, I think is that certain, I, I won't say the best cases, but like a lot of cases that might be like a good, a really good ideal learning case, like for endo, for example, they're going to mm-hmm. get kind of cherry picked by our endo department. Yeah. Um, so there's like good and bad to that because we do mm-hmm. have the residents around and we can build relationships with them, but there also might be a little bit of a detriment to what we have access to doing hands-on. Right. Um, ultimately I think all this is, it's a good discussion. And, but like, I think you kind of alluded to it earlier. Once we get out is really the time when we're going to be challenged to, to learn how to do it. Um, yeah. because the pace picks up so much, mm-hmm. so greatly and, and things aren't you don't have eight appointments. You don't have all these <laughs> massive comprehensive medical histories and things. And it just gets a lot more like, how can we, obviously we're, we're trying to provide quality care, but also you're running a business. So you want to make sure that you're efficient and you can get people in and out. And so things just change a lot. So I look forward to, and I hope that the podcast is still going when I'm actually out. I, I look forward to kind of documenting this transition and just how the mindset shifts from being a dental student and then being out into the real world and doing it. Yeah, no, you're on the right track. I hope you continue. I enjoy your content. It's exciting and time mm-hmm. is flying. So I don't see mm-hmm. it stopping anytime soon. But um, so that's awesome. So you have a kind of a wide open future and that's exciting. And uh, I think a lot of people, most people I've talked about are like that. And the advice mm-hmm. that I always give 
students who are like, I don't really know exactly what direction I want to go is just sort of kind of like the undergrad thing. Take take yeah. it all in and you have time to decide. I think a lot of people don't decide until their D4s anyways. Right. So, yeah. And sometimes when you spend time making a plan early on, it, it changes anyway. So absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about YouTube because I'm interested. Uh, what made yeah. you start making or like what gave you the idea to start making YouTube videos? Absolutely. So this goes back to that time where I all of a sudden decided that I wanted to be a dentist and I got on the internet and I was searching what are the dental, uh, what are the prerequisites? Uh, what kind of grades do I need to get? How do you apply? Where do you apply? What do I do next? So I was searching all those things and I found Laura Smiles. Hmm. I found Brittany Goes to Dental School and those girls were just so helpful on YouTube, I was so amazed. And um, I said to myself, you know, if I get through this, I want to do that. I want to help people figure out what this path looks like and make it easier. Because I really felt like when I was first starting, uh, it was hard to gather the right information. And there wasn't a lot of information out there. So I knew I wanted to make a difference in that aspect. And that's how I got started. My first few videos were you know, why dentistry, what's on the ADSAS application, how to study for the DAT and things like that. And I think that's really kind of what launched um, that uh, YouTube um, channel for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool too. And it's like oddly poetic that you have these people that inspired you and now you inspire thousands of other people. It's just really, it's one of the things that keeps me coming back to is I'm starting to get to hear the stories of students who like were pre-dental students and now they're dental students. And they were like, you help your videos help me. I don't even think that I've like, I think there are people like yourself that have been far more informative when it comes to the pre-dental process. Cause Mm -hmm. I kind of started making videos I started really making them when I was already a D1. So I'd kind of, I was kind of removed from the whole pre-dental process and I kind of forgot a lot of it to be quite honest. So I'm trying to make up for that, I guess, with providing content about the dental school experience, just because I don't think I'm super up to date on, on how to get in and what to do and all that, but. And things change. Uh, certainly they they really do and that's why mm-hmm. i mentioned earlier like i don't even know if i would get in today because mm-hmm. students they're getting better and better every year and mm-hmm. they're more prepared and everything so <laughs> i think i'm i consider myself lucky to be in the position where i am yeah right <laughs> <laughs> truly but it's uh not <laughs> yeah it's and i and i i really respect the uh i respect the grind of doing the youtube stuff because i know how time consuming it is especially when you're a student and you have all these responsibilities it's it's kind of like it's a little sketchy, a little scary to be putting all this time into YouTube mm-hmm. um, without yeah. immediately benefiting from it necessarily. So I respect that. And it probably challenges your your time even more. And you probably learn even more about it from that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. True. What about, because I was interested in this, do you, are, do you think you'll continue making YouTube videos into your future like as a practicing dentist? Or is that something that kind of is dependent on where you go and, and what you're doing? Well, yeah, I think everything is dependent because we really don't know what's going to happen. Um, I mean, even tomorrow. Um, and right. and I've definitely taken a lot of breaks from YouTube to focus on 
number one priority, which is becoming a good dentist. There you go. Um, but I really do hope to continue. It's such a passion for me. I love YouTube. I love this this niche, the people that do YouTube and the people that are in this world. And I think it really benefits uh, our profession. And um, I think there's only growth to be seen with, with uh, social media and dentistry, YouTube and dentistry. And I'd love to continue to be a part of that. Um, I'd also love to explore like trying new dental materials and instruments because that's another thing I think a lot of uh, dentists get settled into their practice and they um, don't like to change things up or use the latest technology or latest instruments that have um, been invented or introduced to the field so I think that would be a really uh, cool place or cool direction to go with that. So I totally see a lot of options and pathways that this could go. And I'd love to continue with it. That's awesome. And it, I think what, if, if you look kind of over at our neighbors in the medical field, like med school, dentist, or med school, dentistry, med school, YouTube is huge. Like in it, mm-hmm. and it's kind of, I think they sort of got a more of a jump on it and they've been doing it for longer, but there are creators in that world that are massive these days. And I think it's really interesting to see how people grow in their content and how their, their kind of subscriber base or follower base grows with them. That's something that I'm very interested in. I mean, when you Mm -hmm. have a a channel for five, six years, people are literally growing and going through their own stages of life with you while they watch your content. I'm, I personally have been someone who grew up on YouTube. I've been watching YouTube videos since I was a kid. So there have been plenty of people who have inspired me and that's, one of the major reasons why I do it. So I'm interested to to watch you continue on with the process. And I do love the little like community that's growing of dental students that are on YouTube. Cause I think mm-hmm. kind of like you say, I think it's sort of the ground floor of a wider, bigger community that will only continue to grow. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Do you have any, you know, my final question that I always ask everybody, if you've listened <laughs> to the podcast, I always ask um, for the most generic question ever, what's your best advice that you could give to a pre-dental student? The toughest question, of course. It is tough. I mean, it's so generic. It's so broad and generic. Yeah. Okay. So for me, I, I come back to spend time getting to know yourself because if you're going down this road, you are going to spend so much time studying working and um, devoting yourself to this field, but it's really going to be benefit you to get to know yourself, keep adding tools to your toolbox, as I call it. And what I mean by that is um, learn how to reduce stress, learn what you need to do for your, for, to have mental health and to feel comfortable and happy and solid. So for me, a big helpful tool was um, not getting bogged down by the big picture. So when you're thinking, oh, I have to get into dental school um, and you're so worried about it, it can keep you from number one, enjoying the present. And um, number two, there's only so much you can do in a day. So if you're feeling stressed out about the big picture, just think about what can I do today to um, make a small step towards my goal? And once you complete that for the day, you can let yourself relax. You can feel accomplished and uh, wait till the next day to think about the next step. 
It's it's such wonderful advice. I couldn't agree more. And I I get a lot of questions that are similar to that. Like, mm-hmm. Stephen, I've got uh, this entire semester of undergrad that I have to get all these grades and things. Mm-hmm. And I see people just through a message, the stress level of trying to tackle multiple months of life in one thought. <laughs> yeah. And the advice, the best advice for that is to just take it one step at a time. It's really cliche, but it's true. Like if you mm-hmm. can, if you can accomplish every one day at a time, mm-hmm. you'll find that the days go by really quickly. And yeah. before you know it, you've done the thing that you wanted to do. Yeah. But if we sit back and we get really worried about like, oh my gosh, I have months of tests and studying and hours and hours and all this huge task. Mm-hmm. I think that mental energy and that stress that we put towards that is only detrimental exactly perhaps you could use some of it as motivation but it's it's almost entirely detrimental so Mm -hmm. and this is really a a good advice for anything if i'm currently training uh, for a half marathon which isn't the longest run ever but like i'm trying to do it at a decent time and sometimes i think about how many miles i have to run before then (laughs) but then I think about how many miles I've run like in the last Mm -hmm. couple of months. And it just, if you take it a day at a time, they stack up so quickly. So it's great advice. I say this to everyone and that's because honestly, everyone I've brought onto the podcast, I've loved talking to, and that's the most genuine thing ever. I I hope we get to do this again. We'll do like a part two. (laughs) Yeah, that'd (laughs) be awesome. And get get an update on your life. We'll see if you, uh, if you specialize uh, or what you do. Uh, And if folks, if you want to, be up to date on that you can check out all of jasmine's stuff which you can go ahead and plug plug your things now oh my youtube's jasmine ahrar my last name is spelled a-h-r-a-r <laughs> and yeah it's all pre-dental and dental stuff awesome well jasmine thank you so much for being here today and once again i'm sorry about my my <laughs> no. issues with time zones I, I i learned something new today which is that once again arizona has two time zones something that makes <laughs> absolutely no sense to me well, I learned the right time zone that I'm in. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that this was the reason why you learned it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much once again. And uh, I hope we get to talk to you again soon. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Have a good one. You too. Wait, it's time for some bloopers. Yeah. yeah the best part is when you're like mid-sentence and you're like, wait, what am I talking about? Mine goes blank. <laughs> yeah, that happens. That happened to me. I was trying to. And I still can't think of, I used to call my dad. A general endodontist? <laughs> I call, I had some name for him and I literally can't think of it now. I'm gonna have to go back and check. But oh, um, I had something funny I was gonna say. <laughs> this could be a bloopers. Like I've never done that, but we could do a little bloopers section and you could just say it. <laughs> I was gonna say, so do you know, um, do you know, okay, so now I lost it again. Do you know the elf that wanted to be a dentist in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? I don't remember the, the name Her- of the elf, but I know what you're talking about. His name, Hermie. Hermie yes. the elf. They looked yes. at me like I was Hermie the elf. They're like, why? That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. And it's such a like different experience from mine because it's like I was my whole life I was destined to do this thing. But right. I forgot about that. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure when I met my girlfriend, she said something about Hermie because she loves like she loves those movies and she like 
was like, and, and I have blonde hair, so she was like, yeah. you're literally Hermie. Oh, you should be Hermie for Halloween. That's a really good idea. I've never thought of that. That's a great idea. <laughs> what, one year in undergrad, I literally dressed up as a doctor, which was the most generic thing ever. And everybody was like, oh, Steven, you're just your future self, aren't you? Like, that's creative. <laughs> I've you're always been <laughs> I've always been terrible with Halloween costumes. I'm not yeah. good at dressing up, but I like the idea for me. I would have to explain it though, probably, but I like it. Thank you for listening to the Teeth Time podcast. I hope this conversation was at least somewhat enjoyable for you. Remember to check out my YouTube channel, that's Stephen P. Ray on YouTube, where you'll find plenty of visual content about the life of a dental student and creator. Also check out my Instagram at steven.p.ray.dentistry. Long name, I know. I appreciate each and every one of you. This has been Teeth Time, and I'm out.